Hello, and welcome to Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee podcast, where workforce development is our business. I'm Shaitania Brown, President and CEO of Employ Milwaukee, the local workforce development board serving Milwaukee County. One of the many joys that perhaps we all took for granted pre-pandemic was the freedom to travel and explore other places. Thankfully, we are now able to increasingly move around more freely and frequently as the effects of the pandemic continue to diminish. This is great news for travel and tourism industry as it was one of the most adversely impacted of all sectors. According to the SWIFT research in partnership with McKinsey and Company, the travel and tourism industry endured a 35 to 48% decrease in 2020. And while it's challenging to locate the exact eye of the storm in the industry because travel and tourism tie many sectors together, ranging from accommodation, transport, attractions, travel companies, and more, the impact was definitely felt. Fortunately, brighter days have truly arrived. Recently, the Wisconsin Department of Tourism reported that statewide economic impact from the tourism industry increased 21% to $20.9 billion in 2021, fueled in part by what is being called revenge travel. Moreover, every one of Wisconsin's 72 counties reported double-digit growth, so we appear to be trending in the right direction. To explore the ins and outs of travel and tourism industry further, I'm delighted to be joined today by executive leader, community fixture, area cheerleader, and Visit Milwaukee president and CEO, Peggy Williams-Smith. Thank you, Peggy. Prior to Peggy um, landing the top spot with Visit Milwaukee, Peggy served in many numerous leadership capacities, including but not limited to senior vice president of Marcus Hotels and Safe House Restaurants, co-chair for the United Performing Arts Fund, past president for Temple Milwaukee, and board chair for the American Heart Association, amongst many other roles. I'm looking forward to hearing her insights. So welcome, Peggy, and I'm so glad you could join us today. Well, Shaitania, it's a pleasure to be on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Um, We tend to bring on all kinds of individuals to be part of our Workforce Insights because I try and tell people all the time, workforce development crosses all sectors, even places that people don't necessarily see the tie-in. It's a huge component of everything that happens um, throughout um, the work that we do. And so, Peggy, given the extensive background in the hospitality industry, how has the background served you in your role as president and CEO for Visit Milwaukee? Well, I've been in the hospitality industry for well over 35 years. I started my first job um, as a cashier at an Arby's at Southridge right here in <laughs> Milwaukee County. So um, I've always been in the business of pleasing people mm-hmm. um, and it has served me well in terms of knowing what it means to welcome guests. And that's what my job is, mm-hmm. is to try to tell people how wonderful Milwaukee is and why they should visit here. So 22, 22 years with Marcus Hotels and Resorts, in which I did everything from booking weddings and helping to people celebrate the most important day of their life to servicing major conventions that mm-hmm. came here in the late 90s and early 2000s. So I think I was really well positioned to take on this role at this particular time. Wow. So when people here visit Milwaukee, there's this general sense of travel, tourism, and, you know, checking out many places here in Milwaukee. But Visit Milwaukee appears to be more than that. How would you describe the who and the what of Visit Milwaukee? 
Well, at Visit Milwaukee, our job is to create economic impact for mm -hmm. the region through travel and tourism. And that means a myriad of different things. Um, our job is to brand mm -hmm. the destination. So we spend a lot of our time talking to people and figuring out how best to market ourselves to different types of visitors. We um, market to leisure visitors. We mm -hmm. market to meetings and conventions, both large and small. And then we also, here we need to, to make sure that people understand that Milwaukee is welcoming, it's friendly, but then all of the natural assets that we have to sell as well. I have a group of 37 people who care deeply, not just about people coming here to visit, but they care deeply about the community. Mm -hmm. And it really does start with having people who love the city. Right. If you have that, if they love being here, if they love living here, then it's easier to sell the city as a great place to visit as well. So making sure that our team is involved with everything there is in the city so that we can make sure that we're promoting all the good that's coming out of the city. And, you know, that's good to know. I remember being in college and um, was in one of my classes and they were talking, we were talking about cities and big cities. And I'm like, I come from Milwaukee. That's a big city. And I got crunched and said, Milwaukee's not a big city. It's farmland and it's this and it's that because they think about Wisconsin and attach us to the dairy state, which is fine. But, you know, there's a lot of great things and a lot of great offerings. And to have grown up here my entire life, to, to hear of where we're going and, and just what's been happening. You know, we landed the Democratic National Convention in Milwaukee the first time since 1960 that a Midwest city other than Chicago held the convention. COVID-19, of course, reared its ugly head and severely limited the scope and economic impact of the convention locally. But thankfully, we got a do-over. And I know me and my role are having conversations around workforce and, and the RNC, but uh, Milwaukee was selected to host the 2024 Republican National Convention. How much of the infrastructure from the 2020 Democratic National Convention is still in place to sort of rinse and repeat in preparation for the Republican National Convention that's coming in 2024? Well, the silver lining of the DNC that wasn't is that it forced many entities to work together to prepare for a major, major political convention. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a lot of work that was well underway, even before I started with Visit Milwaukee in, in November of 19, um, to be make, to make sure that we were prepared. And a lot of those things don't change from party to party mm -hmm. or from convention to convention, just because a lot of it is the same. Like you said, it's, it's rinse and repeat. So probably most crucial and the things that don't change relate to security right. and law enforcement, understanding what we need to do to be ready to be able to host a safe convention. It was a different time in terms of workforce mm -hmm. back in 2019 and 2020. Um, we were flush with hospitality workers during that time frame. That is not the case right now. Right. So I think in some instances, the work we have ahead of us is a lot more difficult than the work we had behind us. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm getting calls on the regular on a regular basis. How are we going to prepare? How are we going to get ready for this? When we look at our numbers pre-pandemic in terms of people who worked in hospitality and tourism, that number has not rec 
covered at this point. And businesses have had to learn how to do business differently Mm -hmm. to make sure that they're still able to service customers at a certain level. So I think that, you know, as we're looking, this is this process with the Republican convention is ahead of schedule. And I think we need that time because we'll need that to get ready to prepare for the influx of people, not just the RNC. In 2024, we're opening the expansion to the convention center. And that is going to mean a whole lot more business for the city and back-to-back business because it's going to shorten the move in and move out timeframe for large conventions. So we really, we really need your help to make sure that we're prepared for 2024. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, are you in a position to share some of the strategies when, um, as you mentioned, when you think about 2019 and of course 2020, there was um, pandemic had not happened um, leading up to getting workforce together. And so now it's a totally different um, situation. And are there any strategies that's uh, already been developed or, or in process to to make it more attractive, to promote, to recruit um, workforce for um, the the 2024 RNC? Well, I mean, I I think that recruiting for hospitality is different now than it was. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the pandemic changed a lot. I think that when you look at wages for hospitality workers and you talk to anyone who owns a restaurant, who runs a hotel, who works in any type of entertainment or leisure um, driven business, the costs to employ someone have dramatically increased, which means that we're paying more. Mm -hmm. Our um, industry is an industry which you don't, you don't need a college education. Mm -hmm. You can certainly benefit from a college education or from certifications. But um, I think that as we look towards the future and being a city of colleges, right? We have Mm -hmm. so many colleges and universities from technical colleges to full, you know, four-year universities. I think that conversations need to take place that help us to prepare right? Mm -hmm. I'm not a workforce expert. My job is to sell brand and market the city, Mm -hmm. but how do we make sure that the businesses that support tourism are ready for this influx of visitors that we're going to see based on some of the things that we have coming up in our future? So I think those are conversations that we're starting to have. Mm -hmm. Um, It it, it hasn't been a focus. Actually, we just did a, um, a very large survey. And for our industry, it's called Destination Next. Mm -hmm. And what it does, it it kind of ranks, it allows the citizens of the community to rank where we fall in about 11 different categories. They did this survey from Visit Milwaukee in 2017. And there were a lot of areas which we had a lot of room for growth. And um, in 2022, when doing the survey, we had over 422 respondents. And the two areas where they saw the biggest opportunity for the destination to really try to make inroads into becoming a better visitor destination of choice, one of those was um, workforce. Mm. And how do we provide, how do we get the right people at the table talking about what we need? And, you know, it's, it's not any different than any type of workforce, but it is, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, you think of daycare. 
And daycare is typically 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pick your kid up at 6 p.m. Well, hospitality business is not a nine to five job. Right. You know, we, people eat, you know, have big banquets at night. They eat breakfast in the morning. It's, it's more of a 20 hour cycle. And how do we help to make sure that there's the proper support at home in order for people to come in and do what we need them to do to service guests when they're here. So there's a lot of conversations that are going to have to take place as we um, move out of the pandemic and try to attract people back to hospitality. And, and it's a special population who who enjoys working in that industry. And I think too, when we look at, um, you know, the pandemic uh, sent a lot of folks to our doors who were laid off from their employment and that time of being laid off, put them in a position to rethink what it is they wanted to do. And so you have, whether it's hospitality folks deciding to take on new industries, um, wanting to work in a different industry or individuals coming from other industries or sectors wanting to do something different. And how do you trans make their skills transferable into something new and make it attractive? Um, going into something new, you may have a person coming out of manufacturing. How do we take that person who's decided not to pursue any more opportunities in manufacturing? How can we get them interested in hospitality and and customer service from that? And so it's a lot. And those have been many of the conversations that we have had just based on us also surveying individuals who come and they work with us and talking to employers about How do we reimagine um, attracting new folks to come in? And like you said, the cost for individuals is significantly higher um, than pre-pandemic. And so all of those things play um, into that. And I'm looking forward to being a part of of those conversations around the workforce that we will need for the RNC. I know we have some of those conversations planned. But um, my next question for you is, Pre and post pandemic, Milwaukee has consistently been recognized by national publications such as Vogue magazine, the Wall Street Journal, and others as a top destination location. What kind of impact does that level of national publicity and accolades have on the city's reputation and economic effect? Well, it's hugely positive, right? Nobody wants to be somebody's best kept secret for the entirety of his existence. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really helping people to understand just how wonderful Milwaukee is. It has a hugely positive effect. It puts us in the mind of new travelers um, and of new meeting planners who may not have ever considered us before. Mm -hmm. And it can also act as an endorsement. If Condé Nast Traveler says we're a top place to go, people are going to listen to that. And once again, There's a tourism lexicon that I like to reference and a good place to visit is typically a good place to live, Mm -hmm. which is a good place to work, which is a good place to open a business. So, you know, if a place is a great place to visit, it also becomes a great place to live. And people take note of that. One of the short conversations we were having before we went live on the air was about the 2021 NBA um, championship bucks. And I was um, at the topping off party for a new hotel that's slated to open in the beginning part of 23, the trade and spectrum news was following me Mm. as we were taking a tour of the space because they wanted to get my reaction of this new hotel um, and what it would mean for 
tourism as we move forward. And the reporter, you know, I was making small talk, asking questions. I asked him where he was from. He said he had just moved here. And I said, oh, what made you choose Milwaukee? And he actually, he said, you know, I was watching the NBA 2021 championships on TV and I saw the diversity of the city in the Deer District cheering the Bucks on. And when he goes, I like to move around. I had never thought of Milwaukee as a place I'd want to be, but just seeing that excitement and that level of excitement and that level of diversity in Deer District leading up to that made him choose to put in for a promotion to come to Milwaukee and he got it. So, you know, all of those things play into making Milwaukee a great place. I know that that also drove a lot of people to choose Milwaukee as a bucket place, a bucket list place to visit as well. So. Yeah. And, and on that same wavelength, I mean, it was amazing um, having grown up here my entire life and to see the Bucks and their historic run for the NBA championship and for everything from the those games that night to the parade that happened after they won the championship. It made me proud to be a part of the city. I mean, really, truly and honestly, um, Sometimes people can either say we're too small to be a part of, even with the NBA championship, you had some players not wanting to come because, you know, Milwaukee is not it. But now that we've won this NBA championship, um, you know, people are rethinking and relooking at, and, and then the images were so beautiful to just see the diversity of people being able to come out. We had very minimal incidents, but of course, the Deer District that brought lots and lots of people to the Deer District. And then, of course, with that, when you you, you get people, this is well after um, the events, there were some incidents that occurred and they were isolated. However, how does Visit Milwaukee when you come off such a high and then all of a sudden the media then puts out uh, this negative image? How do you... um, help and work with elected officials and Milwaukee police departments and and businesses and others around the city to, to keep our image in a positive light when all of a sudden that negativity pops up. Crime as an issue is not just Milwaukee right now. It's across the country from coast to coast. There's been an increase in crime since the beginning of the pandemic. And, you know, there's a lot of societal issues that contribute to that. Milwaukee has a lot of its own issues um, that lead up to some of these things. We have a brand new mayor for the first time in eight years. Mm -hmm. He's our first black mayor. We have a brand new county executive. We have a brand new chief of police. We have a brand new fire chief. We have a brand new sheriff who's mm-hmm. starting today. And even yeah. though we had another sheriff, he was he was still new. He'd only mm-hmm. been in the position for four years. I don't think we've ever been more positioned to face some of these challenges head on and move forward. But it's not just their issue. It's all of our issue. As right. the community, we have to have conversations. At Visit Milwaukee, we've been part of these conversations since the beginning of the pandemic. And, you know, although our job I can't solve the crime issues, but I can certainly be part of the conversations or or convene some of the conversations that can take place around how we can make things better. And actively being at the table is something that allows us to speak to visitors about the things that are happening so they know that there's a conscious effort to be safe. Um, I think one of the biggest things 
when we talk about some of the violence that occurred downtown, mm-hmm. I have to be realistic. It doesn't make a difference where the violence occurs in the city of Milwaukee. A visitor from Chicago or a visitor from La Crosse or a visitor from Gary, Indiana, doesn't mm-hmm. understand the difference between right. 22nd and Chambers or the corner of Maine and Maine on water in Wisconsin. They right. don't. So crime across the city is an issue that we need to address in its entirety and not just downtown. And I feel very strongly about that. So, um, you know, we continue to be a part of those conversations to make sure that we can help to convene and provide support when we can. And I appreciate that when you mentioned um, crime in, 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 in the city or in the state period is not, especially the city, um, people, visitors don't know, like you said, the difference between the two. And you're right. Um, no one person can solve that. We all have to operate on one accord. And that's why I keep promoting this notion of one Milwaukee. So it is so refreshing to hear people say, well, that's for the mayor to solve, or that's for the you know MPD to solve, or that's for, no, it's for all of us to solve because we all live, work, and play here. And it's all of our issue. And we definitely need to keep moving towards this one Milwaukee. And you're right, there's been quite a bit of transition in the leadership seats. And, and hopefully that will bring diversity of thought. It will bring uh, more strategy toward how do we address this. But it's a problem across the country. And it's mm-hmm. not just a Milwaukee issue. And that's what we also need to be looking at. Why since the pandemic has all of this, you know, crime was there, but it really has kind of elevated it has. itself. So um, it has. But- and when I look at it's not, you know, not just elected officials. Right. I mean, look at you. You've been in your position, what, two years now? Two and a half. Mm-hmm. Two and a half years. Me, me as well. Yep. We have a whole new group of leaders who are trying to work together. And I think that's different than it was five or 10 years ago. We all understand that a rising tide lifts all ships and that we have to work together in order to get things done and accomplished. And I feel really positive that Milwaukee is on a path towards, towards that. So yes. Absolutely. 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 Appreciate um, you saying that. And so, you know, just thinking about what do people, being that you interact with all kinds of visitors, what do people find most surprising about Milwaukee versus when they visit versus what they may have thought prior to their visit here? I think, first of all, even just flying in, they're just super surprised by the vastness of the lake. We just um, had a group. So we do fam tours, familiarization tours, mm -hmm. and we bring in meeting planners from around the country. And usually there's a theme to the meeting planners. Maybe it's an associate, like association planners. This year we brought in um, 14 planners who are on the advisory board of black meetings and tourism. Mm -hmm. So these 14 planners are all black meeting planners who represent organizations such as NAACP, Habitat for Humanity, just a myriad of different organizations. Mm -hmm. And the reason it started was because our VP of marketing was chatting. I don't know if it was on a social media post about Milwaukee. And the person said, I don't go anywhere without a beach. And Josh, our VP of marketing said, we have a beach. 
And they said, you do not have a beach. And he sent a picture and she's like, done, we're coming. So we actually got to showcase all of Milwaukee, but they did not believe. So we had a picnic at Bradford beach on one of the days. Unfortunately, this was September and it was beautiful the whole week, except that day it was cold, (laughs) but they got to see that we, you know, we have a beach we can Mm -hmm. serve. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's very surprising for people when they get here. I think they're also surprised by the breadth of our amenities. We Mm -hmm. are such a culture rich city, so many different ways to experience culture, whether it be through our museums, through our entertainment venues that provide a vast array of different entertainment options when you're here to our restaurants, our food scene, Mm -hmm. our food scene is critically acclaimed. People just don't understand how great it is. You know, we like to lean in sometimes to our cheese curds because cheese (laughs) is Wisconsin and cheese is good, but we can really make a pretty, pretty great upscale version of a cheese curd as well. (laughs) So, you know, we've got a James Beard award-winning chef, chef, Mm -hmm. um, many were constantly recognized. I think this year it was 12 people were nominated for James Beard award winners, Mm -hmm. Dane Baldwin from the diplomat one. Um, you know, so it's all of those things, plus the fact that we're easy to get to and get Mm -hmm. around in make the city just incredibly attractive to a visitor. And that is surprising when people get here. Wow. Yeah. All of those things, even, you know, whether it's an external visitor internally, like folks who live here oftentimes are not aware of all that our city has to offer. And so, um, you know, being able to have tours like that for, young people, because we always talking about the brain drain and our young people getting educated here, but then leaving us to go other places and really, really um, promoting ourselves to our internal folks that live here about the greatness that we have, but then to surprise other visitors who think we're just this farmland. And, um, you know, we just, we we don't have all of the kind of major things that are Chicago and, and we're not Chicago, but we do have some nice attractions and amenities. And, and I'm always surprised when I come downtown to see the new stuff that's popping up, like, Oh, that wasn't there before. So And Chicago's a nice little quaint suburb to the south of Milwaukee. Right, right. (laughs) So (laughs) just thinking about, I ask all of my um, guests who come on, just thinking about your role and and, and where you've been, what would you want your legacy to be as a leader, um, having been in your particular industry, but just, you know, um, the many decades that you've spent working what will you want your legacy to be? Um, There's a couple different answers there, depending on how you look at it. My legacy as a leader, I want people to know that I'm honest. I have integrity. I love the city that I'm able to represent. And that if anyone remembers me for anything personally as a leader, it's that I'm kind. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, what I mean to your face exactly as I would behind your back. And I think that that's important to remember because I don't think that always happens um, with leaders. And I think that, you know, it is incredibly important to be kind. When I think about our industry and some of the reasons for the people fleeing our industry, 
you know, I'm, I, I, I'm addicted to TikTok. I watch TikTok <laughs> and I'm on this horrible hospitality TikTok right now where it's not your coworker that's mean to you. It's not your boss. It's not the company. It is guests who come in who have absolutely zero regard for another human being. And I just, I find that to be so disingenuous and so not necessary. We're not saving lives in our industry. Just be nice to one another. Just be nice. Now, what I want for Visit Milwaukee is that I want Milwaukee to be thought of as a great place to live, a great place to work, a great place to raise a family, an even better place to come and visit. Because I think that we have everything that a big city has to offer in a very small package that allows you to be able to experience it like you live here. And you'll you'll experience genuine, authentic Milwaukee hospitality. Time and time again, I am amazed by the niceness of people in our industry and their ability to work their way through those people who aren't so nice to them. Right. And I think that that's something that can't be said in every big city. I think that we have this complex as Milwaukeeans that doesn't allow us to respond the way we'd like to when someone is being less than nice. We respond the way that we know we should, the way that our mom or our grandma or grandpa or father would want us to, to, to respond. And that's with Midwestern nice. That is awesome. I, I like that. I like that a lot, being authentic and um, kind and being nice. Um, that is, we hear that all too often as to why people um, have chosen to leave. Um, many industries, in particular hospitality, is the meanness of people. And we have to get back to the human side of things and and realizing like we're all in this together and and you know, uh, where's all that coming from that that's so not necessary. So I appreciate you sharing that with our listeners. So how can you and your staff at Visit Milwaukee be reached if anyone is curious to know more? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, our website is um, visitmilwaukee.org, which you can find both as a resident or as a visitor all of the myriad of things that there are to do in the city, in the region, even in the state. We link to a lot of the state activities. We're also um, on Facebook, Twitter, mm -hmm. Instagram, Reels, TikTok. You can learn all about Milwaukee through those social media channels as well. And then um, you can also sign up for our newsletters in which we give you information, up-to-date information on a weekly or bi-weekly basis about everything that good is the everything good that is brewing in Milwaukee. We like to say on a regular basis, there's always good things brewing in Milwaukee. We started that during the pandemic. And then obviously, if you go onto our website, there's a contact us, which gives every single one of my team's emails, including mine. So if you ever have something that you want to make sure that we're aware of, mm -hmm. something good that's happening, we will make sure to promote it as well. Well, thank you again, Peggy, for sharing your insights and your journey with us today. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Do you have any parting words that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Well, since this is a workforce podcast, having spent my entire life in the hospitality industry and meeting some of the best friends I could ever meet, a career in hospitality is truly rewarding. You get to make someone happy 
at a time when maybe they're not happy. I can't tell you the moments that I was able to impact someone's life by mm -hmm. smiling at them, by telling them they look nice today, by doing their wedding, by creating a baby shower or a baby naming. It is, there's so many good things that happen in our industry. And if you're considering a career move, I think hospitality is a great place to be fulfilled. You hear that listeners? hospitality is a great industry to be a part of. People are driven by a lot of service and, and I, that is a service industry for sure. And being able to assist people in their times of not only need, but their times of important events um, is life-changing for some. So um, think about it. Hospitality is, is definitely an industry that we need to rethink because it is all actually being rethought from the businesses that function in that way. So again, thank you, Peggy. I appreciate you joining Workforce Insights with Employment Walkie today. It's always a pleasure to share with my listeners new things and new people in this space, um, especially from a workforce development lens. Again, thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee, where helping people live their best life is our business. Be sure to like, share, or subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about Employ Milwaukee, check out our website at www.employmilwaukee.org. That's www.employmilwaukee.org. Until next time, be safe, be brilliant, and give it your all.